you are Locked On Hawks Postcast, part of Locked On Atlanta on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ah, see, you switched it up on us for Locked On Hawks, the, <laughs> the postcast tonight. I love it. I love it. I love it. I am Tanitra Batiste, and that is your analyst who is loving the win. He's going to talk about that a little bit later in the game or in the show. And, of course, this show, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We'll make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus points, or bets, rather, with any $500 money line bet. That's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com, Locked On, to get started. Locked On Hawks is, of course, a part of the Locked On Sports Network, your team every day. And, of course, Deshaun, we always go deep dive later in the show, and we'll talk about what's next because – Next is a back-to-back game coming home tonight, playing the Knicks tomorrow night. Uh, But first, we'll talk about T's and Tate's takeaways. I'll start with you, Tate, because I love what you said. Quote, I like my wins, but I don't like them like that. Explain. For sure, for sure. Uh, No, first and foremost, uh, I had to do the hat thing, Tanitra. I'm I'm in a very – I'm in the windy city right now. So, you know, brother with bald head. I don't get it. When you're young, you can grow it, you know, on, on your head, can't grow it on your face. You get older, you lose it up top. I mean, I don't know how that works. Nonetheless, all, point out. <laughs> all of that being said to you know, seriously, I mean, you know, you know, I, I, I tend to live on this fence or maybe in this great area when people say a win is a win. And you know what? A win is definitely a win. And I think everybody would love to be on that side of the result, adding a number to the left side of the result column instead of on the right side. But I don't love my wins like this. Uh, Detroit coming off of being uh, last year with somewhat more improved for sure this year, uh, but on last year uh, being the team with the worst record. Now I know instantly a lot of people are gonna say, well, there's no trade, there's no trade, you know, and freak out about it, which I understand that part too. I just kind of feel like there should have been a more confident win without trade. That's just my personal opinion. But listen, I'll take the win. I'm grateful for it. It's another number um, that will matter. Uh, and not only matter at the end and when you find out, you know, what the results will be for the regular season, but also in regards to, which we'll obviously talk about later, this in-season tournament. So that makes a big difference too. Hawks win. I'll take it. I don't love it, but I'll take it. Yeah, I feel the same way. A dub is a dub is a dub. But having to stress out about a dub is not the coolest thing, especially when you're going up against a team, a two-win team. But I will say this about the the Pistons. They've been pesky. Like their backcourt, Cade Cunningham in particular, uh, Killian Hayes, they, well, I know it's it's new for him, but um, he's actually made a a dent, I'll call it, in the league uh, quite early, a bit of a splash. But Cade Cunningham has given the Hawks the blues. Let's just face it. There have been times where the Pistons, uh, especially in Detroit, have blown out the Hawks and we will all walk away going, what just happened? It's, I mean, it's yeah. the Pistons. So that's why, for me, I'm not shocked at the score and I'm not shocked at the back and forth of the game because, ultimately speaking, it's all about matchups. And for whatever reason, this particular backcourt of the Pistons, no matter who it is, Cade and company, we'll call it, seems to have given the Hawks a bit of a, a fit the last couple seasons. Now, I want to go back to something that you said, which is part of my takeaway, which is about Trey. And that is this. I agree with you. Everyone went bonkers this morning. I heard one caller, you know, at the 
92.9, where I, I worked the morning show and the midday shows. And the guy was like, irate. How dare Trey be out? It's too early in the season. What is this? Because he was thinking, you know, he went all into like um, game management and that kind of thing. And it's like, no, he, he had a kid. Like he actually has a legit reason for it. Right. And so it's kind of, you know, like a funny thing. But it speaks to what you said earlier, which is people love to go in on this guy when, when, when it's warranted and when it's not warranted. And this time it's actually not warranted. It's also not warranted to say what you already know. You already know it's going to be trending. No trend. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be trending. But here's the thing. The numbers don't lie in terms of the differential. And all of the differentials across his six years in the league are actually a plus when he's in the game. When you average them out across those seasons, it's a plus. And the bottom line is, I'll just be honest with you, even if it wasn't a plus, there are some things that you can look at in the numbers and see where there's no trade and it makes a difference. So you look at assists. The Hawks never, ever lose the assist battle because yeah. they always distribute the ball and you know they space fairly well and there's movement. When there's no trade, that's a little bit more difficult because that's not exactly Bogdan Bogdanovich's, uh, that's, that's not exactly his strength, if you will. He can do it in spates coming off the the bench but to ask him to do that an entire game is a lot and while you may not think that that's a big deal if you don't have a lot of players who can create their own their own score who can create their own basket who can you know don't need someone to distribute the ball to them that ain't this team so that's where you start missing him because there are missed opportunities where uh, some players really do need his presence because he's ultimately the facilitator for them to get buckets for sure. And, and when we say, you know, obviously no tray, no problem for the Hawks. Um, you know, if you kind of look at what's been happening all year long this season, um, you know, second year player uh, Jalen Duran. Uh, Detroit was without Duran on tonight. So, um, you know, that, I don't know what kind of a difference some people might feel like that makes. It's just so surprising you hearing about, you know, some of the callers that call in and say some of the things that they do. Like, how dare Trey not play? And you're like, dude, he had a baby. I'm surprised you didn't hear. Well, so what? You know, so right. get out there and get out there and play <laughs> or whatever, what have you, which is amazing to me sometimes, just uh, in regards to how that works. But and congratulations to Trey on the on the new yeah. addition to his family, by the way, for yeah. sure. But um, you know, where you have mentioned that there had been more than enough instances of the Pistons backcourt, right? Uh, that have given fits to the Atlanta Hawks tonight. It wasn't the Pistons backcourt. That was just kind of right. part of my. Concern, obviously, uh, it was the uh, it was the Pistons front court, the, the 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 leftovers. The only thing I think that leftovers I feel like is ever in life good for is probably like holiday food. Outside of that, like I feel like that's the only time that leftovers is actually better. Right. This is where you start inserting names like James Wiseman. This is where you start inserting names like um, Marvin Bagley the third. Like some of those guys that are just looking for opportunities, you don't want to be that team as the Atlanta Hawks right. that, you know, when these guys are searching for a way to add some contribution after struggling for the most part of their career, it ends up happening against you and they're getting, you know, credit and highlights and whatever else because of that. But outside of that, that still goes to show that the Atlanta Hawks know how to go out a win. Um, and even more so, again, without trade, because you can't take the best player from each and every single team and the team still knows how to find a way 
to win, confidently or not. The Atlanta Hawks did that on tonight, and you got to give them credit for that, if not anything else. Yeah, now that's where I would give, like you said, credit to the Hawks, and that's where I would actually co-sign on the notion that the team is better when Trey's not here. That's the only place I see where it's better because it forces everyone else to step up their game. If you want to call that making the team better, okay, that's fine with me. But ultimately speaking, we also need to see that on a consistent basis because you all know that Deshaun's favorite phrase for this team is that they're consistently inconsistent. So my thing is, yeah, my thing is the only place that I can tell where it really helps the Hawks, because we're going to dig into these numbers in the and one, only place it really helps the Hawks is that everybody is forced to pick up their game, whether they want to or not. But it seems what did you want to have one more thing to say, Jeff? You know, I was, you know, I was thinking when you were talking about, you know, Trey and the hate that and I don't know where some of this comes. I get it. If you're a New Yorker person, then fine, whatever. But I feel like there's more than just that market. Yeah, New Yorker person. But I feel like that there's more than just that particular market on having mixed feelings and emotions about Trey. I am almost willing to say that Trey Young is a, and I'm saying this somewhat facetiously, only somewhat facetiously, halfway kidding, is in the same conversation with some of the most hated people that are currently doing anything in sports today. That's Deion Sanders. That is probably LeBron James. I'm not saying he's there, but it's probably pretty close if I had to guess. And probably Floyd Mayweather. Like, if not at that level, it feels like it is like at that yeah. level sometimes. Yeah. And, 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 and give credit to Trey on that because if you ain't doing something right, then people aren't hating on you. Right. And that's what I was going to say too. This whole notion of hater means that you must be doing something for them to hate. So, and, you know, a lot of it too is all of the names that you mentioned. Oftentimes when people are misunderstood or when you don't get them, then the easiest thing to do is not like them. And you don't even know why you don't like them because you don't even you get them. You don't like them. Right. Yeah. You just know, I don't like that guy. So, yeah, that'll be interesting. But we'll see. Of course, we'll be watching the uh, injury reports that are coming out because that's where we get the status of players, regardless of if they're out for injury or out for personal reasons. And um, hopefully we'll get to see Trey back in action tomorrow night because I have a, a distinct feeling that uh, after he went off in the game before this one, I think he might go off tomorrow. And remember, he'll be the most rested Hawk in the building. So that'll be a good look for the Hawks. Now, look, we'll talk about that when we get back in the and one. But first, I want to tell you guys a little bit about Ibotta. So when you think about Thanksgiving, how does free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is here to give you cash back and help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without gravy? Now, today, turkey is great for some people, not me necessarily, but <laughs> we all know the best part of Thanksgiving dinner is the sides, indeed, because I love mac and cheese. So with Ibotta, you can make sure you get the whole family's favorite side dishes and the turkey all while getting yourself cash back. Big holidays menus, big family get-together. Starting November 1st, for the fourth year in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. Just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods. Other apps give you points 
but they don't amount to much. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers. So download the Ibotta app now and use code LOCK to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st. So that's in action and in play right now. Just go to the App Store on Google Play and download the free Ibotta app and use code LOCK. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCK. All right, time to go into the deep dive. And we decided that we would start on a positive note because if you get a 126 to 120 win and you can come back off the road with a dub, that's still something to celebrate. And the one, I think, player that we would say, outside of Jalen Johnson, of course, the one player that we would call consistently consistent is DeJounte Murray. He's been showing up pretty much every single game this season. And dare I say every game, because even when he's having an off night scoring-wise, and even if his defensive stats don't show it, he'll have a move here or move there something that'll just kind of be at the perfect time. And I can think of the comebacks of which some of them fell short, but it always seemed like it was him that was somewhere in the mix of that. And even tonight, there were moments where it's like, oh man, not the Pistons coming again. DeJounte with the steal, DeJounte with the hand one, DeJounte, it was just, it was DJ's night. So looking into his stats, of course, 32 points, 11 to 21 shooting, five rebounds and nine assists. Deshaun, you gotta love what you're seeing out of DeJounte Murray so far this season. Yeah, I think uh, you'll be really hard pressed to find someone that is not. Um, and this is, you know, this is the whole purpose of bringing in someone uh, like, a, like a DJ. I mean, listen, you know, when, when, when you know, Trey first got here to Atlanta um, and obviously started to become looking like the player that he is, you know, it's always been an issue that people have always talked about is having another sidekick um, beside that person. Right. A 1A and a 1B type of situation. And yes, it was great to have Bogey and to have Gallo and some of the others that were brought in, Lou Will and whoever, whatever. Um, but I'm just not sure that that was the kind of help that allegedly Trey was saying that he needed. Well, this guy is that guy. Yeah. Um, and you know, I him. think it's just, it's good to be able to see that Trey cannot play a game and that it feels like the, the team just doesn't miss a beat. I don't want to know what this looks like in this game yeah. uh, on the road without DeJounte Murray and obviously with Trey being out. Um, so from that standpoint, and you know what I got to thinking, and you know, I use this term consistently and consistent quite a bit, um, but I think that there is a little bit more. You talked about the consistent play of Jalen Johnson starting that out. Everybody agreed. Uh, De, uh, DeJounte Murray, he's another piece. But I think what we have seen out of guys like Sadiq Bey, who I Absolutely. feel like consistency Absolutely. on both sides of the ball, um, balanced on both sides of the ball, he's not going to give you what he gave you tonight. I think like 19, he's not going to give that to you every single night. But you can believe that he's going to work hard. You can believe that he's going to be somewhere right around double digits, somewhere in the teens. I can at least feel mm -hmm. pretty comfortable about 13 points or so, 13, <laughs> yeah. 14 plus. Yeah. Um, and if that's on a bad night, then I got everything I needed out of a guy who uh, is no longer in the starting lineup until at least for the foreseeable future, um, but can certainly play. His game won't drop off between coming off the bench and as a starter as well. So you've always got to have that piece. And then the other guy, he didn't necessarily shoot it well tonight, especially in the, on the back end of tonight. 
Um, but certainly on the front end looked really, really good was Bogey Bogdanovich. Yeah. Um, being able to see, you know, I've been yelling quite a bit, maybe not at the top of my lungs per se, but yelling a little bit about how, you know, there needs to be a couple more, you know, pass the ball around, swing it around to him from time to time, because after so much time, there's so many eyes on DeJounte and Trey, somebody has to kind of offset that, especially when, the, uh, when, when Bogey is coming off of curls, getting ready for a pull-up jump shot. That's just his bread and butter. That mid-range between he and uh, DeJounte Murray, I don't think that there's very many that are good in mid-range fashion. So there are a lot more consistency uh, pieces outside of just Jalen, obviously DeJounte Murray as well. I'm happy to see that the team is, is, is starting to get into somewhat what I like to think will be their full swing going forward. Yeah, and just going back to Sadiq Bey, you're right, 19 points on 6 of 13 shooting. So that's a pretty darn efficient night. And then five rebounds and two assists to just kind of round out the night for him. And I just love the effort. Like, I kind of knew he was going to hover around that 20-point mark because this is his old team. So he was going to try to stick it to you if he could. So, so I was expecting this to be kind of a 19, 20-point night. But I do like the fact that we can talk about five rebounds and two assists because that says, hey, if Trey's not here, even though it's just two assists, if it's two dimes from another player other than DeJounte Murray and the guy who is replacing Trey in the lineup, Bogdan Bogdanovich, then that means, hey, there's someone else out there trying to distribute the ball and trying to make sure that there's continuous ball movement. And that's what I kind of saw because Sadiq Bey, I think, also tends to be a guy whose defensive numbers never look big. You have to watch the game in order for you to see his defensive contribution. And I think the same thing for Bogdan Bogdanovich. I think it was just more of, Bogey's the leader of the second team. So when you're the leader of the bench, your body pretty much is accustomed to, you know, maybe 15, 20, 25 minutes on, you know, a, uh, a big night where maybe you're the hot hand. But for you to have to play pretty much the entire game, that's kind of a lot to ask for him because he's that guy who probably needs a little bit more rest um, if there's such a thing anymore this season. <laughs> probably needs a few more rest games than the average. So I feel like, yeah, he started off hot, but maybe just by virtue of he never plays full games, got a little bit tired towards the end. But you got enough out of him with the 17-point outing mm -hmm. and making mm -hmm. sure that the Hawks walked away with a win. Yeah, for sure. And listen, I'm going to tell you something else that I saw tonight that I was really impressed with. And I think some was really necessary, needed, warranted to be able to come away with a win. When you see the the difference between, you know, the disparity between the free throw shooting. Yeah. I mean, Al Atlanta shot 90-something percent from the charity stripe. Yeah. And I, and I tell people all the time, you know, a lot of times those are, those are the little things that can make and break games. Those are the little things that, you know, can either put you over the top or can put the other team, you know, or, you know, obviously uh, not be able to come away with a win. But to be able, like, that's a free space on a bingo card. Now, again, as I always say, I know that it sounds, you know, much easier, you know, from, from, from the lazy boy, from the sofa, because it's a whole nother ball game to be running up and down the floor 94 feet long, 50 feet wide, and then get out there on the free throw line with 20,000 fans screaming at you. So I do understand that there is a difference there. Uh, but being able to make those shots and knock those down, uh, I think was something that was uh, obviously a plus. And then... Not only that, but as far as we were talking about from a consistency standpoint, something I would like to see is, is, is a more consistent DeAndre Hunter sometimes. You know, there's been 
so many seasons in a row that I feel like um, that we really haven't necessarily seen the consistency. Part of that has been some health issues when we really kind of as a team needed him the most. It always kind of seems like he leaves you wanting a little bit more. Like, 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 perfect example, Tanisha. And you ever, we got to get out, so we got to make it quick about about Dre. But yeah, make that point about Dre, and then and then we'll leave your other interesting points for the next uh, segment. No doubt, it just feels like he's the player that leaves you wanting a little bit more. Kind of like the uh, the samples that they give you at the food court at the mall. Yeah, that's him. Every time you think that Dre is about to have a Dre day, which I used to call it. Not so much. So, anywho, we're going to talk what's next. And although we're going to talk about the Knicks and this whole in-season tournament, I want to give Deshaun an opportunity to talk a little bit about the defense as well because there are some numbers that we'd like to dig into that are pretty interesting. But before we go there, I want to tell you guys a little bit about FanDuel. So you can score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and I love apps that are user-friendly. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over, unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. And we're midway through the season, so it's still prime time for you to take advantage of this offer. FanDuel.com slash L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And, of course, FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. So let's go back to the defense. I know you wanted to talk about that, so let's talk a little bit about it. It is one of the things that's a little bit frustrating. I want to hear from you first, but there is a particular area that I want to talk about that is a little bit troubling to me in that space of second chance points. But I'll let you go first because I know you were not pleased with tonight's performance. Well, no, I mean, you know, there. there... In, in this situation, like I mentioned before, you know, in the front court um, where, you know, you have these guys that are just looking for opportunity um, to find somewhere on the floor to play um, on the opposing team, obviously talking about Detroit and scoring 64 points. I feel like is a no, no. When you have the defender and defenders that you have that can play the four and the five, the Clint Capella, um, the, the um, DeAndre Hunter situationally. Uh, sometimes at the four, we're forced to see that. Um, Sadiq Oyeka, Bay at the four is, is another yeah. one. But it's Oyeka Okongu, who I feel like should be wearing the red and white sweater and, and, and the red and white hat with the black glasses, like where's Waldo? Um, after the, you know, decent size payday that he got and definitely not in nobody's pockets and counting their coins. But I'm just expecting to see a little bit more not even necessarily on the offensive end, but sometimes on the on, on the defensive end, I kind of right. feel like there's a little bit inconsistency and non-existence there. But let me ask you this, because mm-hmm. you know I love Double O, and mm-hmm. I really just think he's he. I always felt like the Hawks were going to be fine without John Collins because he was going to be a part of the reason they were. The thing that troubles me the most with him is every time I get into probably well, it depends. It depends which game. But just about every game, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, 
not the fifth personal. I mean, this is every game. Like I'm stressing out because he just gets it's it's like he just does not know how to play a clean brand of defense. It's kind of like all over the place. It's kind of haphazard. And sometimes it works because we know that he definitely has a reputation for stopping some of the best big men in basketball. We always say he he has Giannis's number, like no question. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, it's just like you feel like he's just flailing all around and you're not getting out of him what you need to on the defensive end because you got to sit him half the time because he's in foul trouble. Mm-hmm. But I wonder, Deshaun, if from a an offensive perspective, if the fact that he's trying to develop a different game, he is trying to develop a mid-range game, and he's trying to become a better shooter, if sometimes that also takes away from what he's able to do defensively because he has to focus so much on trying to be a better offensive presence. Maybe not, you know, any more than like 12, 10 or 12 points a night, but I think he is focusing a lot on that and did focus a lot on that in the offseason. And I agree. You know, I'm sure that that probably does have something to do with it. Some of that is just part of being a pro and just learning, growing into your game. Um, right. You know, right. your game maturing and things like that. Um, you know, when when you're being asked a little bit more upon you from a scoring from both sides of the ball, uh, that makes a difference. And obviously, like you said, when you're without John Collins and those types of things, Um it, it, it would be nice to see it a little bit more, like you said, being on the floor uh, and being able to have that presence. Yeah. Uh, everything, you know, sometimes I think he gets a little bit excited because you, he's not a guy you have to beg to play defense. He's right. not a guy that's just not naturally good on the defensive side of the ball. Like he really is active um, and he's just good in that, re- in that regard, just naturally. That's just something that he's given. It's about effort. Uh, and while I do like him in that space, for sure, uh, mm-hmm. I just think that, you know, there is this time where he has to be on the floor. And, yeah. and, and I know Styles make fights, but it has to be about beyond more than Milwaukee or just a couple games or a couple, you know, different teams here and there. So um, I, I, I would definitely like to see a little bit more contribution from double O while he is still fine tuning and perfecting the rest of his game. Agree, because two things. Number one, Clint Capella is another guy who you can't expect to play 48. You can't expect to really play over 40. So if you're his sub-in and you're like within two minutes of getting in, you're, you're in foul trouble, and they've got to pull you out and put Clint Capella back in, in the long term, that's going to be a problem because yeah. we're in an 82-game season. If Clint Capella can't get right around, I don't know, Deshaun 30, 35 minutes, and you're expecting him to go out there and do 40 and 42 every night, that's going to be a problem down the road. So, yeah, I think that whomever it is that you need to get within your organization who can just help him to fine tune and kind of take, like you said, that motivation, that emotion, that excitement, and kind of bottle it up, then I think we're good to go with what he'll be able to do. But I think someone just has to, as much as Kev, uh, not Kevin Herter, Kyle, Kyle Korver is helping double O to hone his skills offensively. I think there should be someone who can maybe help Onyeko Kongu to be a more refined defensive player. And I think that will bode well for the Hawks. Listen, we'll talk. we got more games, of course, this week. So I'm going to hold one of our comments and because I think it's a good debate. Um, and th- we're going to talk about it a little bit more, but we know that the Hawks have started their in-season tournament. So good to see them start the tournament play 
with a game win. They, of course, got the 76ers, Cavs, Pacers, and Pistons in their team. But you know what it's about. It's about tomorrow night. And the Knicks killer will probably return just because it's the Knicks. <laughs> but what do you expect to see tomorrow night to see the Hawks have a better outing and a better showing against the Knicks than they had in their first game against them a couple weeks ago? Well, number one, I don't expect to see the same thing that I saw the last time. Um, but I think that, you know, that goes unsaid. Um, improvement needed to be made from that game. Improvement was made from that game. Uh, and you have to anticipate that, you know, in the event that there will not be a Trey Young, um, that, you know, you still have to know that they're going to come with it the way that they have. A lot of the times that I've noticed that the Hawks walked away um, not on the winning side is because they got punched in the mouth early. That was something that didn't happen against a, a similar cultural, physical team like Detroit. Uh, the Hawks were struggling in that department right out the gate a few times this season. Uh, on tonight, that wasn't, again, wasn't the case. 38 points in the first quarter. I thought that that was great. They got to have some of that same intensity. So hopefully yeah. they have some of that left over. Because Indeed. this isn't going to, New York's not going to have a different mentality all of a sudden. They are. They are. They meet up with them the second time. Yeah, they're like the Heat. I mean, that's a cultural thing for them. Mm -hmm. And when you dig into just one number, well, two numbers, offensive rebounds, they were outdone 10 to 14. And you can't allow those second chance points. Defensive rebounds, they actually had a little bit of an edge. And I think fast points in the paint probably tell the story as well just 48 points in the paint for the hawks 70 for the pistons and you know that the knicks are going to bring their most physical game and they're going to try to go inside and punish you and you can't wait until the third quarter to turn around and give them the physical they give you when you tip the ball you need to knock some folks down and let them know that you're here with your grimy selves in your arena and you are not going to be shamed again so i'm going to leave them with this as we wrap up this show in the immortal words of, okay, I can't think of his name, but, <laughs> but in the immortal words of one of these famous rappers around here in Atlanta, you probably remember the name, knocking and bucking is what y'all need to be oh, doing. Yeah. That's yeah, what yeah. Need to do. So go into State Farm Arena tomorrow, ready to knock and buck, Hawks, and we'll be ready to talk about it as well. Thank you, as always, for dropping by Locked on Hawks, the postcast, and don't forget to like and subscribe. This for us on our YouTube channel. Again, we appreciate your time. Always check us out on the postcast after Hawks games. And of course, you know that you can check us out on Thursday. We're going to download on everything ATL in Atlanta sports today. The party. Goodbye.